So for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about inclusion and how important it is for us here at Alive Church to be people that include other people in our lives, especially those who don't follow Jesus. You see, the tendency for Christians is to have Christian friends. The tendency for Christians is to have all of their friends to be believers. And if you do that, you know, that might be good, but if you do that, that's exclusive. You're being exclusive. Christians should have non-Christian friends. Amen. Christians should have people in their lives that either don't believe in God or are, are, are agnostic about God, but we should have people in our lives that don't believe in Jesus. Amen? Because that's what we're called to do. We're called to include people in our lives. Have you ever been in a situation in your life where you felt like the odd one out? I mean, you were around a bunch of people and they were all talking to each other and you were left standing there with your hands in your pocket, no one to talk to. Have you ever been in that situation that's called a third wheel? Anybody know that one? Third wheel. Anybody ever been third wheeling? We, we call it the gooseberry as well here or the spare part. Anybody ever been in that situation? What do I mean? I mean you are part of a group of three or four people and they're all talking to each other and everybody else around you is talking to each other but nobody's talking to you nobody's even making eye contact with you it's kind of like you weren't even there the gooseberry or the third wheel it refers to somebody who is hanging around a couple or a small group but they're not including them in what they're talking about they're ignoring them it's kind of like a chaperone on a date night. Anybody ever do that? Well, we were in the cinema there last week or the week before, not last week, the week before. And there was a, beside us in the back row, because if you go to the cinema, you've got to sit in the back row. Beside us in the back row, there was three people. And I mean, there was a couple and a chaperone. And I can tell you that they did not want him there. He didn't do a very good job. They didn't want him there. They didn't want us there. They didn't want anybody there. Praise God. Glory to God. Had to repent from that one. Amen. But when it comes to talking about church, we've got to remind ourselves that, that church, we are actually commanded to be inclusive. Amen. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, it says that we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature or all creation. The very last thing that Jesus said as he departed the earth to his followers, so I believe it must have been important, was that we are to go and include everybody, everywhere, from all backgrounds in our lives and talk to them about Jesus. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. Tell those people that you like and tell those people that you don't like. Amen? Tell them all about Jesus. You know, it's a fact of life that everybody likes to hang out with people like themselves. Isn't it true? Everybody likes to hang around with people like themselves. Like, we Wexford people, we like to hang around Wexford people. And dubs, they all like hanging around dubs. Or most of them do anyway. But everybody likes to hang around with their own type of people. I believe this is why there is over seven thousand Irish bars in the world outside of Ireland. 
Because Irish people love hanging out with Irish people. You can find an Irish bar in Buenos Aires, and you can find one in Bottega. You can find one in Christchurch, and you can find one in Baghdad, of all places, has an Irish bar. From New York to New Delhi, there's Irish bars everywhere. Why? Because Irish people like hanging around with Irish people. I mean, we go on our holidays, and we hang around with Irish people. We're not that culture, are we? No. We just like hanging around with each other. We like to be in our own company. But who knows, when you go to Spain on your holidays, and I mean, we used to see this all the time when I, when I worked in Duns. People would come into Duns before they go on their holidays, and they'd buy rashers, and they'd buy sausages, and they'd ask them to be vacuum-packed because they were bringing them on their holidays. I mean, Spain has plenty of good food. <laughs> Eat their food for a week. Maybe you'd like it. Why would you want to go on your holidays to Spain to bring your own Denny rashers with you? We just like our own stuff. Amen? But the church is not meant to be like that. Amen? Church is meant to be different. Church is meant to be inclusive. Church is meant to be a mix of everybody from everywhere. Because that's what Jesus told us to do. One of Angela's favorite television programs is Cheers. She loves watching Cheers. Not because she likes bars. She doesn't drink. But she loves Cheers because in Cheers, everybody know Cheers? Yeah? Television program back in the 80s. In Cheers, everybody is equal. The barman, he was a former baseball player. You have a coach in there. You have a psychiatrist, a couple of them actually. You have a, 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 an accountant. You have a postman. You have loads of people from loads of different backgrounds, but they all come to Cheers because they are kind of a family. Everybody is included. The, the words from the song, the theme for, the, for Cheers has the chorus that says this. It says, Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And you're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see that our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. You want to be in a place where you feel included. You want to be in a place where, where even though you're going through some stuff, that, that someone can come around you and say, Hey, listen, I went through that stuff before too. Let's talk about it. Let's, 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 let's work this thing out together. You want to be in a place where people make you feel at home. Amen? Amen? Inclusion. It's so important in the world today. I read an article recently where it said up to 33% of the world's population is depressed. Seen another uh, headline on the news yesterday or the day before that said that the, the number of people in the UK that's taking antidepressants at the moment is over 8 million up something like a half a million on last year even. Why? Because people are not including other people in their lives. We've gotten so busy in our lives that we just want to live out our lives on our own. We want to be around our own people. We want to be in circumstances and situations where it's easy. Because who knows, it's not easy to include people that are not like you in your life. It takes a little bit of work, a little bit of effort, doesn't it? So we got to do better. As a church, we got to do better. We got we to gotta learn how to 365 days a year, not just five days in the year. We got to learn how to be much more inclusive. Amen? You know these chairs are sitting in this morning? They're new. Praise God firm. Thank God. Why do we get them? Not because they're nice when they are. Not because they're comfortable. They are. 
but we got him to fill him. Amen? We didn't get him to look at him empty. We got him because we wanted to fill him because the other ones that we had were that much bigger and they were taking up more space. We couldn't get as many of them in here. Why do we want to do that? Because we want to make room. Amen? We want to make room for people in the community that are not here already. We want to make room for them. Amen? Never invite someone to a party that's already full because they'll come and they'll see there's no room for them. We want the community to come here and see that we're ready for them. We've got space for you. We've made space for you. We've made space in our lives. And, and sometimes it might feel a little bit inconvenient in our lives, but you know what? We need to make space for them. We need to make the outsiders, the unbelievers, the, the people in their community that are not already in here, we need to make them feel that they're welcome to come here. Amen? That's our job. Amen? Have you ever gone to a, a restaurant that you didn't feel welcome in? A shop, maybe? You went into a shop and you're browsing around the shop and while you're in the shop, you really felt that the, the shop attendants really didn't want you there. You were an inconvenience. Did you go back to that shop? No. Because if you're going to spend your money someplace, at least you want to be appreciated. We have really got to up our game as a church in making this place more and more inviting to people that are not already in here. Amen? One day, Jesus was heading out of a town, and as he was walking out of the town, two blind men cried out to him. We get the story there in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 29, and it says, and as, they were, as they were heading out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out and, and said, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. And then they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? Then they said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight. And they followed him. Did you see what just happened here? There's two blind men, and they were probably blind for a long time, and they were sitting on the side of the road, and they heard that Jesus was coming their way. And when they heard that Jesus was coming their way, it motivated in them this, this thing that, that caused them to, to start to shout out because they had a need. They were blind. They weren't sitting on the side of the road for fun. They, that, that was the only place that they could be to encounter people as they passed in and out of the town so that they might beg from them some, some alms because obviously they were blind, couldn't work. So they hear Jesus is coming this day and, and that motivated in them this, this shout. But you see also what happened in there. As they started to shout out to Jesus, those other people that were following with Jesus started to rebuke him. They said, hey, shh. Or maybe they were, maybe they were a little bit more abrupt. They, maybe they went, hey, listen, shut up. Stop annoying Jesus. I love watching Formula One. That's one of my things. I love watching it. But in watching Formula One for all these years, I, I've noticed that uh, celebrities flock to Formula One, and, and they don't 
You know all celebrities, these millionaires and all these VIPs that you all see. If you ever watch a Formula One game, they're all there. Tom Cruise is there. I mean, he's there all the time. It's annoying. But anyway, I think you don't even know what's going on. He's just standing there with a, you know, that little dopey look on his face. But, but anyway, that's just me and my prejudice against Tom Cruise. Because Angela really loves Tom Cruise. So. But they're standing there, all of these, and, and they're, they're watching all this stuff going on. But just before the race starts, there's the pit walk. If you've ever watched it, now most women are just watching me today and they're thinking, okay, when's he going to talk about something I'm interested in? But anyway, bear with me, this is interesting. But there's the pit walk just before the start of the race. So all the VIPs and all the celebrities and the millionaires, they get to walk down along the, the, the pit lane, or not the pit lane, the grid walk. Sorry, I've got the wrong name. Grid walk. They get to walk down along the grid and they get to mix with all the drivers and the, and the owners and all of that, that sort of stuff. And, and they get to ask them questions and they get to look good. But also, just before the start of a race, the reporters and the journalists all get to walk down along there with them and the television presenters. So you have a mix. You have the drivers and the owners. You have the VIPs and the millionaires and the special guests. And now, thrown into the mix of all that, you got a few nosy journalists. Okay, so here's what, here's what I noticed happening there recently. Last year, actually, and again this year in the race with the same person. Uh, you, you had this guy that works with Sky, Martel Brundle is his name, Formula... Formula, former Formula One racer. <laughs> Try to get that out with false teeth. But as he walked along the, the, uh, the, the grid, he saw this celebrity in the distance and he was like, I'm going to talk to them. I want to talk to them. They're the biggest celebrity that were here. And he went down to talk to this celebrity with his, with his microphone in his hand and his question ready. And he, and he got to him, stood in front of him, asked his question, and they walked through him. They walked through or by him like he wasn't there. I mean, he could have been completely invisible. He just didn't exist as far as they're concerned. And I've seen this time and time again when it comes to VIPs or celebrities or people that think they're important. When the little person comes up to them, they just treat them like they don't exist. Thank God Jesus is not easily distracted. Amen. Because when these men stood beside that road that day and cried out to Jesus, I mean, cried out to him. Jesus had the entourage as well. Jesus heard him. Amen? Jesus heard him. And he stopped. And he went to the people that everybody else was ignoring. Everybody else was trying to shut up. And he took care of their needs. That's the kind of God that we serve. Amen? Jesus notices the things that most people miss. There was another guy one day that he heard when Jesus was coming through town. He got all excited in himself and he said, I've got to see this Jesus guy as well. So people got excited when Jesus came through town, amen? So this guy made great plans for him too to catch a glimpse of Jesus as he came through town. And we find his story over in Luke chapter 19 and verse 1. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there named Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. And he wanted to see Jesus, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. We all know the story of Zacchaeus. Well, let me give you a little bit of background on Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a Jew, and Zacchaeus worked with the Romans, which, just in case you didn't know, that's not good. The Romans were the oppressors. Okay, and Zacchaeus took a job working with the oppressors. 
which pretty much meant that Zacchaeus' people were done with him. Okay? His family was done with him. His friends, his schoolmates, they were done with him. If it was Zacchaeus' birthday and he was in temple, nobody sang happy birthday to Zacchaeus, even if he stood up. Amen? He didn't get any birthday greetings on his Facebook. He didn't get any Christmas cards. No party invitations for Zacchaeus. If Zacchaeus was walking down on the street and people saw him there, they would walk right by him or walk way around him just to avoid him. Amen? People didn't like Zacchaeus. Amen? Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector, but he wasn't just a normal tax collector. Zacchaeus would collect taxes and then he'd extort more money out of you to keep for himself. So not only was he a tax collector, he was a thief. So people hated him. They avoided Zacchaeus at all costs. Amen? So Jesus is coming to town and all Zacchaeus wants to do is catch a glimpse of Jesus. He just wants to see him. He's heard all of these stories about Jesus and heard all the great things that Jesus did and he just wants to get a look at this guy. But the problem with Zacchaeus, not only was he a tax collector, he was a wee man. He was small. So when Jesus came to town, we know from the stories in the the Bible that thousands of people, hundreds of people came out to see Jesus. This day was no different. So as Zacchaeus tried to get into the crowd to see Jesus, he couldn't get through. The crowd more than likely was five, six, seven, eight, eight people deep. And nobody, I mean nobody, was going to let Zacchaeus through. Amen? As he tried to worm his way through the crowd. So what did Zacchaeus do? He's desperate to see Jesus, just to have a look at this guy. So he decides he'll, he's going to run down the road to where he knows that Jesus is going to be passing by in a couple of minutes. And with great difficulty, he climbs up into a sycamore tree. So picture the scene. He's, Jesus is coming. He's coming down the road. And maybe a hundred yards down the road, Zacchaeus is up in a tree hanging on for dear life just to get a glimpse of Jesus as he walked by. It says in verse 4, So Zacchaeus uh, ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him as Jesus was coming that way. Just to be able to catch a glimpse of Jesus. Amen? Verse 5, When Jesus reached that spot, he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus. And he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Isn't that amazing? Because think of the crowd. Think of Strawberry Fair or think of, of St. Patrick's Day Parade. You know when the parade is marching down through the Abbey Square or in the Market Square there and all of the massive crowds are out and and some people are following the parade as they walk with the crowd. Think of something like that, only five times bigger probably. And in all of that, Jesus is, is, is being touched by people. Like remember the woman with the issue of blood, she had to go through the crowd to try and get Jesus. He had people coming up to him and wanting them to pray for their babies people, wanting them to pray over a sickness that maybe they had. And in all of this melee, here is Jesus, stuck in the middle of all this, you know, trying to just get through town. And all of a sudden, Jesus looks up and he sees a guy hanging over a tree. And now, despite the fact that there was thousands, probably, of people there that day, good people, Desperate people, a people that were a lot better than Zacchaeus, a lot nicer than Zacchaeus, a lot holier than Zacchaeus, looking for Jesus to help them and do stuff for him. 
Jesus just noticed one person. Why was that? Why did Jesus just spot this one person among all the thousands? It's because Jesus sees the one that nobody else sees. Amen? Jesus will see the one that everybody else ignores. Jesus will run towards the one that everybody else runs away from. That's the kind of God we serve. Amen? And that's the lesson that Jesus wants us to learn. That we shouldn't run away from people. We should run towards people. Amen? So verse 6 it says, So Zacchaeus, the outcast, he came down from the tree and he welcomed Jesus gladly. Do you know that people in our community are only looking for you and I to look their way? Amen. There is people all across our community that are hurting, that are outcasts, and that they need people to include them. People all across our community are looking for people to include in their in our lives. Amen? That's what we need to do. Verse 7 says, all the people who saw this, they were so happy. They were so delighted that Jesus would finally take Zacchaeus aside. doesn't say that, does it? It says all the people, when they saw what Jesus did, they began to mutter and complain and said that he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Isn't that crazy, isn't it? When you start to include some people in your life, religious people get so annoyed. Amen? Religious people. When you start bringing unbelievers into your life, when you as a Christian start hanging around unbelievers, religious people get their noses put out of joint. They have this attitude, oh, a live church, they're hanging out with Catholics, they're hanging out with unbelievers, they're hanging out with teenagers. Now, listen, I know iron sharpens iron. Bible says it. That means that, you know, us Christians, we should hang out together. And absolutely, we need to have Christian friends because when we have Christian friends and we talk about the things of God, we're rubbing off each other and we're sharpening each other up. But why do we need sharpening up? We need sharpening up because we're called to be out there in the community getting blunt. Amen? What good is a sharp knife if it's never used? Amen? What good is a, a sharp knife for you if it never cuts the meat? It's no use to you. It's just a sharp ornament, an expensive ornament in your drawer. The reason that us Christians should hang out with other Christians at times and, and sit underneath the Word of God is to sharpen ourselves up so that when we go into our community, we can cut the meat. Amen? Amen? Well, look what happens when you start to include other people in your life. It says in verse 8, it says, But Zacchaeus, in the middle of all of this, in the middle of the banquet that he's throwing Jesus, or the lunch, Right in the middle, Zacchaeus stood up and he said, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay him back four times the amount. Do you ever wonder why certain people act a certain way? It's because that's the expectations we've put on them. Amen? 
We've never put any higher expectations on them. The world doesn't expect anything more from them. So they just continue doing the same thing that they've always done. But when we, the church, when we start to include other people in our lives, show them compassion, show them the grace of God, show them that God loves them exactly how they are, then watch what God will do in their lives. He'll change them, amen? Well, God can change a tax collector. He can change anybody, amen? Verse 9. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Isn't that great? Even though his whole community treated him as an outcast, when Jesus came in there, he saw someone that he was going to die for. He saw someone that he soon will be nailed to a cross and shed his blood for. And when we see other people in our community, we need to not see them as they are. Whatever they may be. Unbeliever. Whatever. We need to start seeing them as God sees them. Somebody who Jesus spilled his blood for. Amen? He said, for the Son of Man came to seek the lost and save him. Amen? So the next time that you're in a situation where you feel that you're not including people, include them. Include people. Include people from your community. Include people that don't believe the way you do. Hang out with some people. Not all the time. Hang out with some people that don't believe in Jesus. They're agnostic. Because we'll never change a community unless we start changing ourselves. Amen?